following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan it's time for the huge show from the east side to the west side to the UP the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE that's 1-866-838-4843 now the huge one Bill Simonson what is going on, Michigan? Welcome to the Huge Show. I am Anthony Clark Jr. filling in for Huge today. With me is my good friend Elijah Beagle. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. The last hour we talked quite a bit about NBA free agency and even more about what the Detroit Pistons have done since Friday and even in the draft. As well as their two draft selections, like I just said, that were pretty solid just overall for the roster. This hour, we're going to continue to talk about the Pistons, but more specifically on their coaching staff moves, how Eli and I believe they will pan out during the 2023-24 season, and also give our predictions on who we believe will be the better player in five years when it comes down to Jaden Ivey, Cade Cunningham, and Jalen Duran. So let's just kick things off. I mean, the impact of hiring Monty Williams to coach the Pistons, I mean... My gosh, man, if you would have told me that we would get a coach like Monty Williams in the the 2020s, I would be like, dude, it's the Detroit Pistons. Like, you got to be crazy. Like, come on now. Who wants a coach of Detroit? Dwayne Casey moves up to the front office. I honestly got I thought it was going to be some younger guy or, you know, just uh, maybe more so of assistant coach. But no, they get a, a head coach that just saw the finals two seasons ago, a coach that has seen the Western Conference Finals twi- you know, three times in his, in his uh, four-year run with his previous organization, and that again being Monty Williams. Detroit signs him for six years, or excuse me, $78.5 million guaranteed with the option of extending that to an eight-year max worth $100 million. Just overall, let's just talk about that contract. How do you, you think he was overpaid? Uh, I, I wouldn't say, I'm not going to say underpaid. No, you think never Monty underpaid. was overpaid? Or do you think it was just right for that type of coach? I, I love the acquisition of Monty Williams. I think this is perfect for this Detroit team, especially, you know, we were just talking about culture. This oh, is exactly what we needed. Yes. We needed someone who can coach and be talent and and he's proven that he can do that uh you know 2022 coach of the year it's just beautiful to see um this is really promising for detroit coming up in the future mm-hmm. and, and i think he's worth every penny uh, i think that we will see this money spent it'll come into fruition mm-hmm. in the I, I think so too i, I know maybe a couple people might not agree with that but i think again if you somehow some way just were able to persuade a former nba finals contender you know a head coach to your team that was just bottom of the league that same season that's insane i mean the pistons did it right troy weaver i mean he the man apparently just has a gift of (laughs) of, you know being a salesman but I mean, looking at Monty's time with the Suns, he took a 19-63 and 63 organization from the bottom of the West. They were tied second worst in the league overall. 
made some crazy noise in that 2019-2020 season in the bubble. Although Phoenix didn't place in the playoffs, they went 7-0 for those remaining regular season games to kind of like, you know, actually establish the bracket of who was actually going to play in the playoffs during that bubble season. Unfortunately, didn't get the playoff seed, but the following season, they acquired Chris Paul, finished second in the league with an insanely turned around record of 51 and 21 returned to the playoffs after a 10-year drought that was back in the Steve Nash and Mari Stoudemire era which was oh my god such a crazy team but anyways they fall to the Bucks, unfortunately in the NBA finals uh, after being up 2-0 at one point they lose four straight which was pretty disappointing and I think that is what kind of started that 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 timer you know what I mean of this, he's on the clock. If we do something like this, and we you know we make a solid run in the regular season, we kind of make it further in, in the in the excuse me the playoffs, but we choke so hard like that. That's obviously in in this current league. I mean, coaches are getting fired after two seasons after like coming into a team that has been abysmal. You know, for for the seasons previous, he comes in, does that. Overall, how did you feel after the Suns? Choked that series against the Bucks. They lose four straight. They were two games away from being title contest or title finalists. Uh, yeah, it, as far as uh, uh, Suns fans go, I would be upset that they let Monty Williams go. I mean, losing to Giannis, it, you can't blame that on him. Obviously, losing four in a row in the finals, it, it is disappointing. That's you know, tough. that's not something you want to see. Uh, I think that, that it was a mistake on their part. I mean, obviously, he brought their team back. Mm-hmm. Um, the acquisition of Chris Paul, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure he played a large role in that as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, and having KD on your team and, and losing four in a row is, is not something you want to see. No, it, it is disappointing. Absolutely. But I think as a Pistons fan, we can be very optimistic <laughs> to have a coach like him. So. Right, right. And, and even then, after that unfortunate upset to the Bucks, that that 22 or 21-22 season, Suns finished best record in the league, 64 and 18. But a disappointing exit in the second round against the Dallas Mavs. They were up again, up 2-0 again against the Mavs. They lose two straight. They win game five, but then they lose game six and seven, and they get blown out at the crib in game seven. It was like a 35-40-point blowout. At one point, it was like triple digits to barely even, I think, like 60 points. I remember the meme of uh, Chris Paul hits a a crazy layup to to cut the lead to 52 or or cut the deficit to 52 or something like that. It was just... That was embarrassing. Luka Doncic absolutely babied them, absolutely stunned them. Oh, yeah. That was that was unfortunate. And I think that was like, okay, Monty, you got one more chance to prove to us mm-hmm. that you can get us back to the finals and actually win us a ring. Unfortunately, we just saw what happened back in May against uh, against the Denver Nuggets. They digressed a little. The over In the regular season, the Suns digressed a little bit due to injuries. Chris Paul was out quite a bit. He was out extensively to those injuries. I think Devin Booker also missed a couple games. DeAndre Ayton, him and Monty have some animosity towards each other, so... Aiton wasn't always fully locked into the game. He just he, he didn't really seem like he was bringing it as much as he possibly could before he got suspended because of the, you know the Peds use. Mm-hmm. He he was a great first round pick, first overall pick I think, but lately he needs to step it up. And I think my hope is that it was more so his relationship with Monty. He just didn't appreciate him and that he actually can do something, but even then in that in this previous season they acquire KD midway through everyone thinks okay Phoenix might do something they might actually do it again a, a second straight season of being a second round exit to the Nuggets they tied it up they were down 2-0 they tied it up 2-2 it's like alright we got a series here but then they lose two straight to the Nuggets obviously we know how the rest of that playoffs uh, mm-hmm. you know went now Phoenix still owes them 20 million 
And I think the, the coolest part about Detroit picking him up, not only giving him that crazy contract, but they provided health care for his wife. And, you know, for those who don't know, his wife has been battling cancer for quite a few years now. They also provided private jet travel for this so that he can go back and forth, go visit her, you know, immediately after games, maybe after practices, things like that. How do you feel just overall, just knowing that this isn't just about winning? It's about actually Detroit has proven that they actually care about their their front office, not only just their players, but their front office as well, doing something like that for even their coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely just shows that Detroit is is creating a culture, again, yes. that they care. And this is providing an opportunity to, to get a great coach and to show that, you know, here in Detroit, like, we care about you. We we take family first. Like, yes. that is the most important thing. And him being able to be there to help care for his wife is going to be super important. And I don't think it'll have any effect on the Detroit Pistons no, season. No, whatsoever. I, I think that that only proved to him that he's like, wow, they, you know, they, they care about me. And that I think is only going to incentivize him even more to actually want to flip this organization around. And I think that was the biggest thing for Detroit's front office. They saw what he did out in the, in a, a tough Western conference, saw what he did with the Suns, flipped them around in one season to bring him to the top of the conference after being at the bottom. The hope obviously with the Pistons is that he does the same thing, if not at least get them a play in berth, you know, mm-hmm. a bare minimum within the next two seasons. But you know, we'll see what ends up actually panning out as far as that. I, I think just overall, like we've been saying, a solid addition at the head coaching position. But it's not just him that has joined the Detroit coaching staff. There are some other solid pickups as far as the assistant coaches. First being Steven Silas. He was the former head coach for Houston. Although his overall record isn't what you necessarily want to see at 59 and 177 losses, we got to remember it was the Houston Rockets, a very young, young team who, again, was kind of even still now is going through that transition period of finding their identity as they remain at the bottom of their conference. Steven Silas, a top assistant for Monty, you know, at one point, uh, excuse me, will be a top assistant for Monty. Uh, he's been coaching since the year 2000, started way back with this when uh, the Charlotte Hornets, you know, were uh, transitioned to the New Orleans Hornets. So I think that's just crazy that he's been in the league for over two decades. Brings all that experience and he has a lot of solid postseason experience. How do you feel about him being the number two guy for Monty? Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I think he's going to be great for us. He brings a lot of knowledge, a lot of veteran experience to the, the Pistons. Um, if, if anything were to happen, God forbid, he would be really good to step up and you know help coach the Pistons as well absolutely and I would just love to see uh him come into his own you know obviously he struggled out there in Houston mm-hmm. uh but he he developed a lot of young talent in his years he so did. I think he'll be great to have all these young guys I mean the the Pistons have six seven eight young guys that need development and and he'll be great to help those guys out you know and honestly until you just said that I never really thought about that he just came from an organization that was top heavy and, and a young roster he already knows how to get you know wins and I mean, to be quite honest, I think matching up Detroit and Houston outside of stats-wise, I think Detroit could take them in a, in a, in a seven-game series without a doubt. Even right 100%. now, with, with both rosters, they, they could take they could take Houston in a seven-game series. So now that Steven has a little bit of a better you know roster, a little bit better skill set, I, I think that, yes, that'll only further help him to help Monty show the young guys the right way. But I, I think we also got to give Silas a little bit more credit. He did lose his father, you know, while, mm-hmm. while he was coaching Houston. And if I'm going to be honest, I know it's a ruthless league. It's a business first league. But man, I mean, like the dude is a very nice guy. Uh, maybe that's just not what Houston needed. They wanted a rough edge guy. I think, you know, uh, they, they just p- uh, picked up um, 
uh, help me out here, the, the former Boston Celtics head coach, Ime Odoku. Yes, they just picked yes, him up. So we'll see what Ime can do. I, I think that's kind of a, a little bit more of a harder-nosed dude that could be solid for these young guys. And there's a lot of personalities out there in absolutely. Houston for him to balance. And if anyone can do it, it's Ime. So. Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, dare I say his name. I don't really rock mm-hmm. with him like that. But, you know, whatever. That's my own opinion. Anyways, getting back to the Detroit Pistons coaching staff. Uh, uh, just top to bottom, you, you got Monty Williams, you got uh, Steven Silas at the, the second spot. They also picked up Nate, Mc, Nate McMillan's son, the former head coach for the Atlanta Hawks, uh, that being Nate McMillan. But his son, Jamel McMillan, McMillan will be a solid uh, acquirement for Detroit. Dan Burke, he's been an assistant since 1989, so he has seen more than enough transition in this league. He has seen more than enough different levels of talent, different styles of play, and just a completely different era. So they also picked up Spencer Rivers, that being the son of Doc Rivers. So just overall knowledge, and I mean just overall passion for the game is what Detroit just built in their coaching staff. There's also reports of the 13-year you know NBA vet and Jarrett Jack. That's a a name I haven't said in I don't know how long, in several years, but he was out coaching with Monty uh, at, at Phoenix, so a lot, a lot of a couple, I should say, of the assistants in Phoenix came along with Monty. But just in all, I think Monty will pull together. I mean, he did pull together a solid coaching staff with quite a bit of postseason experience that this young team needs, and overall, I think will just be super lucrative for Detroit. All right, well, coming up, we will talk even more about the Detroit Pistons and what they will actually need to, or rather, how the Pistons will actually fare out this upcoming season. We've already talked about what they need, their draft selections, their their trades that they've made during this free agency, but how will all these things that they have meshed together, and maybe even a little bit more in the coming days, coming weeks, how will that all pan out in the 2023-24 season? That's coming up next on The Huge Show, which is on the Michigan Sports Network. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. Hey, it's Brett from the Michigan Sports Network, and if you haven't had the chance to download the DraftKings Casino app, well, now's the time to do it because any new customer who signs up using promo code HUGE can get a match on their first deposit and score up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. They've got all the classic games like blackjack, roulette, and slots, but they also have exclusive games that you can play on your time, in your space, and within your means. It's also super safe, super reliable, and secure, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you're ready. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Casino app now and sign up with promo code HUGE, and you'll get a match on your first deposit of $5 or more, up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. Only on DraftKings Casino with promo code HUGE. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up, Michigan only, one per opt-in customer. Minimum $5 deposit, max match $2,000. Deposit and bonus amount require 15 times playthrough within 30 days. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash players choice. Restrictions apply. Bill Simonson here for my good friends from Westside Beer Distributing. Now, they're proud to support the Folds of Honor Scholarship Program, benefiting the families of fallen and injured soldiers and our first responders. Folds of Honor provides scholarships for education to ensure our heroes' children can attend college. And Westside Beer Distributing has contributed over $100,000 
since the program started and will be donating another $15,000 this summer to the Folds of Honor to help a local hero's child. Anheuser-Busch, which is the Folds of Honor's longest-standing partner, has donated over $21 million to the cause. Budweiser and Bud Light will continue to honor Folds of Honor this summer with special edition 16-ounce aluminum bottles. Look for them at a bar, restaurant, or retailer near you and support this great cause. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Make it a million-dollar summer with over a million in premium play. Every Saturday now through September, six lucky players win $500 premium play every half hour from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Don't miss the excitement of million-dollar summer. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort, your getaway reimagined. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Drive for a cause at Mini on the Mac on August 4th and 5th. Hundreds of Mini Cooper owners will come together at the world-famous Mackinac Bridge. You can register now at MiniOnTheMac.com to be a part of this one-of-a-kind event. That's MiniOnTheMac.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back on the huge show on the Michigan Sports Network. I am Anthony Clark Jr. joined by my good friend Eli Beagle. Talked a lot about Detroit, their overall draft picks, even the NBA free agency just overall. The impact of this extremely new coaching staff just overall. A lot of fresh faces, the biggest one being Monty Williams, of course. But although uh, rather although the Detroit Pistons Pistons have been making a lot of solid moves in their coaching staff and free agency and their draft picks, how will this actually fare out for this upcoming season? I think is the biggest question. Overall predictions, considering Monty flipped the Suns from a bottom tier team to a contender. Me personally, I think the Pistons can be a playing team much sooner rather than later. That being if they actually play their roster correctly, they play their rotations right and they actually have solid development. And I think this coaching staff can really do that. How do you feel about that statement of them being a playing team? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's potential for them to be a playing team this season. Uh, I think two of the most important things here are uh, them developing their young players mm-hmm. accordingly. You know, if you just kind of throw them out there to the wolves from the start, it's going to be tough for their confidence. And then health, you know, making sure this team stays healthy. It's been something they've struggled with all season. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you can have Cade, Ivy, and Duran all starting, you know, you know, if they get at least 70 games apiece in there, I would love to see that. That'd be beautiful. And I think that's the biggest thing. We talked about that a little bit earlier. But, yes, health. Absolutely. I, I think that's kind of something we, we didn't really brush up on is the fact of how many games can they actually give you? I mean, we did talk about a little more about Cade only playing 76 in his first two seasons. I mean, that's crazy. But overall, I think, yes, if they can get at least 65 games together, those three, it'd be solid. You can rotate uh, Isaiah Stewart or even uh, James Wiseman, maybe put Duran at the you know power forward position if you got Wiseman on the floor. Same thing with Mar- Marvin Bagley. But that third spot, I think that's going to be kind of the test for Detroit to figure out who's really going to be the better fit for their starting five. Who do you think out of Asar Thompson, Joe Harris, or even Boyan Bogdanovich, who would you really like to see at that third spot in the starting position? 
Uh, to start the season, you know, at least the first couple of months, I think Boyan is, is the option to pick. I mean, he's a veteran player. He's been in the league for many years. Mm-hmm. He he does understand the game of basketball. You know, I wouldn't say he's a hooper, right. but he plays basketball and he can put up some buckets. Mm-hmm. And I think to start the season, you know, kind of work Thompson into the game slowly. And then as his, his offensive knowledge progresses, I think he'll he'll be the starter by the end of the season. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah, and I think the important part was what you said, that being confidence. you got to make sure that these guys have the confidence to actually give you the production you're looking for. Because, I mean, maybe that's quite literally the reason why you're seeing such turmoil, not even necessarily turmoil, but such a struggle in organizations like Detroit or even Houston or even a, t- a young team like Memphis. Memphis figured it out, but they started young and they were at the bottom of the West just a couple of seasons ago. Over time, they slowly developed even stronger. These guys have built their confidence, but the team has shown that they are confident in them. That's the biggest part. And like you just said, can the coaching staff, can the front office actually prove that they're confident in these players to hopefully see better production? But even then, coming off the bench, I know we keep kind of rotating the names of Jalen Dern, you know, uh, James Wiseman and Marvin Bagley III, as far as being that centerpiece, or rather at the center position, but bench unit. I mean, no matter who's at the center position, you also got uh, either Asar Thompson or Joe Harris or Boyan at some point. You got uh, Sasser, and you also got Monte Morris, a big pickup for them. Overall, their starting five in the you know their their bench unit is going to be beautiful, and they have a lot of backups too. I mean that we're not haven't necessarily touched on too much. I know we we mentioned the names Isaiah Livers and Alec Burks earlier, but uh, even um, you know Diallo, he he's still on there. He's going to be a great addition. I think the biggest issue might be Killian Hayes. We, you and I have had personal conversations quite a bit just this past season alone about how we feel about Killian Hayes, and obviously we have strong opinions, but I think any true Detroit Pistons fan who has actually been watching these games knows that Killian is just not the answer right now. Not even, I don't even think going forward. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it's disappointing to see. We had so much hope for Killian Hayes. He was a nice young project for the Pistons to work on, and he just never really fully developed like we thought he could be. We thought he was going to be a prolific shooter and scorer, and it, it just hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of why we haven't talked about him yet. You know, I hopefully I think that we could get some pieces for him, and I think he'll he'll be gone before the season starts. Right. Um, I mean, go ahead. Poten- Sorry, no, you, no, you're good. Uh, potentially, I think if, if we don't get rid of him, I mean, he's coming off the bench as the seventh, eighth man off the bench. I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to provide valuable minutes for this Pistons organization. No, and you know. Even in moments where Cade was injured, I mean, Jaden Ivey, uh, you know, he missed a couple of games last season, so they needed, they really needed Killian to be there at the one and two spots, more so starting here and there. But you know, he showed a couple of spurts, but it's just not enough. It's not what Detroit needs right now. They need solid production. They need consistency. Yeah, consistency. Is they need very important. Con- I think that is should be on the drawing board, either mm-hmm. at the one or two bulletin. Consistency. How can we be a consistent team in this league? Because that has not been a part of their culture in years. I mean, it's been a long, long, long time. Overall, Pistons, I think this season could finish above. This is going to be a a very definitive statement right here, but I got to stand by it. I think Pistons can finish above 35 wins this year. I know they only got 17 last year, and that's like, dude, that's almost double of what they, you know, the wins that they Mm -hmm. got last year. But overall, I I genuinely think that they can do it because not only uh, because of their draft picks, but the players that retained, 
the development that's going to happen during this offseason, during training camp, things of that nature, but also the coaching staff bringing in that much-needed knowledge and experience. Not to say that Dwayne Casey and even their previous uh, assistants didn't have it, but I think just overall that that's really going to be successful for them to be past that 35-plus win hump. I mean, they haven't finished above 35 wins since the 18-19 season, and that's when they finished with a split record of 41 apiece, and that was back when uh, Stan Van Gundy was coaching them. They did make the playoffs that year, Mm -hmm. ended up getting swept, but, you know, go figure, you know, Detroit Pistons fashion. But overall, they've only made the playoffs twice since the 2009 season. I think again, if they if they get past that thirty five plus win hump, they could sneak into the play in tournament. Or yeah, the play in tournament as, as the tenth seed. Not to say that they'll actually get past that team that's fighting for the eighth seed, but I still think that this team could turn around and at least make it to that play in. Yeah, I would love to see some uh, Detroit basketball mm. in the month of May. Mm. You know, <laughs> and, and I would love to see us playing some meaningful basketball at the end of the season. Yep. I, I think if I'm uncautiously optimistic about the Pistons season, I think it's 40 wins. Okay. I would love to see 40 wins. Okay. I think having a healthy team this year and a lot of young guys and and Monty Williams at the helm, I think 40 wins is actually possible for this Pistons organization. I, I like how you said uncautiously optimistic. Yeah. Because I, I think, but I agree with that. Genuinely, I do. I think. If they really do this right and they all buy into the philosophies of Monty and even Silas and all those other guys, they can do this. There's mm-hmm. no question about that. It's just, again, do they have that confidence and do they even believe in themselves? I mean, when you're someone like Cade Cunningham getting injured and you're two, having two major injuries in your first two seasons, that's going to decrease your confidence. Who can you speak to that has dealt with major injuries like that that can mentor you and help you get back to the level you want to be at? But again, even Troy Weaver said, Cunningham's locked in and ready to go. So I think he has a confidence, but still needs a little bit more to obviously understand that, hey, man, you can do this. I understand health can be a factor, but you look at some of the major injuries across the board in the league. Players have stepped, you know, been able to mount those crazy injuries and, you know, create a lot of success for themselves. But we also should know that even if the Pistons do make it to the playoffs this year, they might lose out on some potential draft picks that I'll let you kind of lead there. Yeah, um, unfortunately if we do make the playoffs, uh, any pick that ends up in the 19-30 to 30 range would end up going to the Knicks. Um, I would obviously rather take a playoffs win than, than you know an 18th overall pick or something <laughs> like that. But uh, in our second pick as well for the 2024 draft uh, goes to the Knicks as well. Okay. Okay. So you're saying 40 wins for the Pistons this season. You think so? I, I believe it. I really yeah. do think that we can make that number. Um, we're in a division that's kind of struggling. A lot of teams are rebuilding. Absolutely. Obviously, the Bucks are there and they're dominant. Um, Giannis isn't going anywhere yeah, anytime you, no, soon. No. But, I mean, the Cavs are building a nice young team. The Bulls are kind of restructuring right now. Mm-hmm. I think we have potential to kind of run around and, and make some teams in this league realize like the Pistons are back. We're here. Like, respect us. So if they actually do finish with at least 40, where do you have them uh, as far as seeding? Do you think that that would at that 40 win marker would have them in the play-in as a, a lower seed? Or do you think that they could somehow squeak into the 7-8 or rather the, the uh, yeah, no, the 7-8, the positioning to fight for that 7 seed? Yeah, I think 7-8 I think seed is probably pr- most likely predictable. Okay. Um, there's been so many teams moving around in the league this year and it's kind of varied up there's been a lot of guys spread out Mm -hmm. so we don't have as many like big super teams obviously the suns are there but i mean then then even the nuggets lost a lot of players so things are gonna be spread out this year i think you're gonna see a lot of different competition
competition as the season goes on. I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. Appreciate that knowledge. Don't go anywhere, though, because before the end of this hour, we will talk more about the Pistons and who we think will be the better player for the team in the next five years, that either being Jalen Duran, Jaden Ivey, or Cade Cunningham. We shall see. I'm Anthony Clark Jr. with Eli Beagle, filling in for Huge on the Michigan Sports Network. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at roastumber.com. There are 13 folds that bring the American flag to the iconic shape of freedom. This summer, Folds of Honor and Budweiser celebrate 13 years of changing military and first responder lives together. Service never stops, and neither will we. So join me in raising a Budweiser to raise funds for Folds of Honor. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Budweiser Lager Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Have you ever played golf at Tullymore, St. Ives? Have you experienced a stay-and-play package in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of Grand Rapids? Well, here's what you need to do if you want to take advantage of great deals right now. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com, and you'll see the link for packages, accommodations, dining, meetings, weddings, events, and so much more. And especially golf on the 18-hole layout at Tullymore and the 18 holes at St. Ives. And they can accommodate any group, whether it's two people getting together or 200 looking for a weekend or an overnight celebration. That includes a little business, golf, great food, and beverages. Just go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. They're located in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of GR. Get more info at TullymoreGolf.com. I'm Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball. I'm Herman Moore, and football is my game. So we know a few things about sports. And the passion of Detroit fans. That's why we're big fans of Eagle Casino and sports. It's the mobile sports book that lets you bet on action all year long. Right from your mobile device. Eagle Casino and sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Download the app and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. Huge here with a reminder that on Thursday, July 20th, 3 until 6 p.m., I'll be broadcasting live on the patio at the North Kent Golf Club in Rockford. And on that Thursday, July 20th, all day long, you can stop out and buy five golf swings for five bucks with all the money going to the Folds of Honor mission. And if you beat my long drive, I could golf with you at North Kent and also pick up the tab for lunch. That's Thursday, July 20th at the North Kent Golf Club in Rockford. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. This is The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. I am Anthony Clark Jr. filling in for Huge himself today, joined by my good friend Eli Beagle. 
It's been a long talk about the Detroit Pistons. We'll we'll continue a little bit more and finally wrap up the talk on Detroit just overall, but also just talking about the overall NBA landscape, how free agency has panned out and what we think will, you know, kind of results for this upcoming season, even uh, just the overall draft picks and coaching staff for Detroit. And we made some pretty bold predictions in, in the previous segment, but I, I, I will stand by it. I know you do as well, Eli, and the hope is that we'll be right. But mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, let's, let's focus in on the individual aspect of some of the key players for Detroit Pistons. We'll start with Cade Cunningham because obviously that's that's a huge guy and that's someone that we have stressed our concern about as far as health and I know any Detroit fan is nervous about that because again a guy who has only seen seventy six games in a total of one hundred you know and sixty four games of his first two seasons that's that's kind of crazy that's not even crazy that's just that's worrisome and I know we talked just a little bit about his own individual confidence and hoping that he can even remain on the floor but. In his even in his seventy six career games, he's shown more than enough promise, more than enough potential. Averaging seventeen point eight points per game, five point six rebounds, five point six assists. I mean, his career shooting numbers aren't necessarily where you want him to be at. You know, roughly forty two percent overall, thirty one percent from three. I mean, but solid at the free throw line. He's cashing in those extra opportunities at just shy of eighty five percent. And even then, his effective field goal percentage is at a forty six point eight. So. You know, almost at that halfway point, at the at least 50% marker that uh, a young team would look for when it comes to, uh, you know, searching desperately for offense. But as the team's primary ball handler um, that can absolutely improve on those career numbers, you said that earlier, he could at least be a 25 and 8 type of guy. Overall, your thoughts on Cade Cunningham? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been a believer in Cade since he was at Oklahoma State. He had a prolific season there uh, back in 20. Yep. And, I mean, it, it, he's just an I- iconic player for Detroit right now. He needs to step up and be one of those guys. And I think that him having a full, healthy season will give him the opportunity to really show us what he can do. Um, I would love to that, see that three-point percentage go up to, like, the 32-33 range, right. you know? Right. Um, but as far as offensive efficiency, I mean, he, he's good with the basketball. Mm-hmm. He, he limits his turnovers. He finds guys open on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, and he moves well off the ball. Absolutely. You know? I mean, as someone who's great with the ball in his hands, like him having an off-ball presence is, is really important for this team, too. Um, him being the primary ball handler for the Pistons this season, it, I mean, he's going to have to put up seven, eight assists a game. Yeah. Like it, We need to see it from him. Uh, his rookie year, he didn't really have a lot of options. Now, you know, he's got he's got Duran, he's got Thompson, he's got Ivy, and he's got Bojan, at least for the start of the season. Right. It, those are guys that can score the ball. Like, Without a doubt. If he gets his, his ball to the option guys, like, they're going to get some buckets. Right, and at six seven, I mean, he's a crazy ball handler. I mean, he handles it like he's, you know, he's like a six one six two guard, and that's what you want in a taller defender. I mean, that's kind of the the new wave in the in the NBA. I shouldn't even say new. It's been quite a few seasons since we've been in this era, but the just having a taller primary ball handler at the at the one spot, but someone who can not only score but also facilitate, like you're saying. And I do agree. There's no real excuse if he's on the floor more often than not with his options. There's no reason why he's not averaging at least seven to eight assists a game when you have someone who has proven that they can be effective on the offense between Jalen Duran, Jaden, uh, Jalen Ivy, and also, um, excuse me, Jalen Duran and Jaden Ivy kind of mix that up there. But again, Boyan, uh, a threat from the perimeter, Asar, you know, he's, he's a shooter, but still needs to work on it a little bit more. But even, you know, you have the, the, the lobs up to Dern or, or Wiseman or Marvin Bagley, guys like that, even big Stu can't forget about him. There's, there's again, 
shouldn't be a lack of assists when it comes to Cade Cunningham. The biggest thing just being that health. And I, I think just overall, if he does remain on the floor, then he has the potential of being the better guy of these three players. However, let's talk a little bit more about these other two players before we make that determination. Switching over to Jalen Durham. This is a guy who played 67 of his 82 in his rookie campaign. He averaged 31.1 minutes per game, second overall in the, in amongst rookies, not just for Detroit, but for amongst rookies. I think that is great. And like you just said, Kay didn't really have options like that in his first you know season. Now he has someone like Jalen Duran who proved his efficiency in a kind of a wishy-washy you know season for Detroit. Like he he missed a, you know a couple games and even then uh, I think he was shut down towards the end of the mm-hmm. season because you know we talked we talked a little bit earlier about how we can't be a team that just gives up in March. We you know even in February we had to be a team that is ready to go up until the second week of April. But getting back to Duran, uh, per game he was averaging you know nine points, eight point nine rebounds, more or less nine. He shot sixty four, if not sixty five percent from the field. From the from the field, second overall again amongst rookies. Free throw percentages got to improve those. Only at sixty one percent. If you're going to be someone who is constantly in the paint on offense and you're looking for those extra opportunities, there's no question about it. You have to be someone who can knock them down. However, even then, as far as efficiency. Uh, a veteran that I have respected personally for many, many, many years, that being Paul George. He said in a podcast not too many weeks ago that Jalen Duran is more or less a baby Dwight Howard. And I think that's probably one of the best compliments you could ever have from NBA, any NBA veteran in, after just your rookie season. He said it even during the season. Like, hadn't even finished it yet. Says he's one of the strongest players he's ever faced off against and has a lot of high expectations, and I think we both do as well. I mean, just overall, what do you think Duran can actually amount to in his career, even in just in the next five years? That's what we're more so focusing on. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Pistons, uh, they, they saw a lot of potential in him at Memphis they saw a lot of raw talent you know he's a very athletic dude he's big he's strong um, and he can score the basketball when he needs to I mean obviously last year he only averaged nine points a game Mm -hmm. Um, I think this year he's the type of guy that can put up 13 and 10 you know pretty consistently if he's getting the the minutes Um, and I look for him to have a lot of blocks this season too I mean he is he is looking for those. That's what Absolutely. he thrives off of. Yes. That's what gets him going. Yes. And and he wants to put those guys in uncomfortable positions where they can't just take the ball at him. No. And I think that, you know, as his career pans out, if he continues to to build and develop his skills as a scorer, mm-hmm. I mean, he could be the best player out of these three dudes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be like a Dennis Rodman level no. player for the Pistons, but he, he can be iconic. He can be big for us. And I think that him and Cade together will be great on this uh, Pistons team. Absolutely. Not necessarily a, a Jersey, you know, a retirement type of guy, you know, retired. get there. But, you know, it, it, as far as his potential, it's there. You talked about his blocks. He, he led, or excuse me, was top three amongst rookies for total blocks. Ended up finishing with 59. Second in total rebounds amongst rookies, 595. Again, a productive guy. He will go out and get you what you need on both ends. And when a multi-year veteran is telling you that you need to look out for a rookie at just 19, he was a, at 18 rather. He was mm-hmm. the youngest player in the league this past season. When the youngest guy in the league is being touted as a baby Dwight Howard, I mean, that's that's a scary thought. I, I would be on the lookout for whenever I have that assignment against Jalen Dern, whether or not he's you know rotating off the bench or anything. But I mean, if he could average almost 32 minutes a game last season, 
if Detroit is really buying into him, which Paul George is advocating that they do, they're saying do not focus your attention too much on someone like James Wiseman or even Marvin Bagley III, who, you know, uh, he didn't really have as much opportunity in Sacramento because mm-hmm. for whatever reason they kind of just shut him down wouldn't really give him any opportunity to play comes out to Detroit you know he's a solid player but I'm still more bought in into someone like Jalen Dern than I am Marvin Bagley but when someone like PG is saying this is someone that they needed to buy into I think Detroit needs to listen and actually be like you know what he's right yeah, I, I agree 100%. Obviously, that Marvin Bagley contract is large. And, you know, he was great for Duke back in the day. Right. And he's still young. He's 24 years old. He has a lot of time to develop. That is crazy that he's been only in the league 24 for a long time. years old. Like, it seems like he's been in here for at least 10 years. Yeah. Like, but that's that's the point is that he got shut down so early in his career for what, like, I, I just, for whatever reason, I never really caught actual traction as to why I know that his dad was publicly going out and saying that they need to get my kid off of this team because they are wasting his time mm-hmm. I, and I agreed with that I liked him in Sacramento I know I just said I'm not too crazy about him in Detroit but that's because they have other options that I'm more bought into however I still think that Marvin Backley is solid I still think that they, they should be looking more so into buying into Duran as their number one option at the center position. Yeah, he's, he's development for the future Absolutely. of the team. I mean, Marvin Bagley, he's a great piece, but mm-hmm. we're not going to pay him when his time comes. No. And Jalen Duran, we will. If he develops correctly, we will pay him. He's going to get uh, not necessarily maybe that that rookie contract, you know, max mm-hmm. that like, you know, Tyrese Halliburton or Ant Edwards or uh, the third, or LaMelo Ball just yeah. got maybe not you know, $256 million in five years, but definitely nine, you know, figures minimum without a doubt our third guy here though on this list someone who stepped up tremendously when Cade went out suffered that you know shin injury only played 12 games it's his rookie campaign as well and it's it's um, in a team in an organization that's still looking for itself however they're starting to make strides to finally establishing that culture that being Jaden Ivey, of course. This is that was their. He took on the starting point guard position again when Cade went out, played seventy four of eighty two, only missed eight games, which is solid. Third in points per game amongst rookies, that was sixteen point three. First in total assists at three hundred eighty seven. Uh, you know, per game as far as shooting numbers, I think that's kind of the the worry a little bit. We we talked a lot about how Detroit needs to find their offensive identity, and even in other separate conversations I've had with folks. He, Ivy has to figure it out uh, on offense for sure. I mean, only shooting 42% in this league is not going to get you anywhere. However, showing promise behind, you know, at the perimeter, shooting 34% overall. I mean, a lot of lethal shooters in today's era started, you know, at the lower 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even then, uh, another guy who might want to, you know, pump it up a little bit at the extra extra chance opportunities when it comes to the free throw line, you know, just 75%. But your overall takes on a player like like Ivy? Yeah, I, I followed Ivy for many years. As a big uh, Michigan fan, I watch all the Purdue games, mm-hmm. uh, and he tore us up for many years over there. <laughs> and I think that he has potential to be the number one scorer on this team. I mean, if you're giving him the ball on the perimeter and he's open, mm-hmm. he's a great spot-up shooter. I, I liken his game to like a Jalen Brown, where if he's open and you get him the ball, he can take it to the rack. He'll, he'll put it up. And, and he's a decent defensive player yes. to the point where you can leave him on the floor and he's not going to be a liability. Right. Um, as far as potential, like the, the ceiling is, is the best player in the league. I mean, this is a kid who really can come into his own. He's still young and he's got a great leadership around him. 
and with Cade facilitating the ball to him, I could see him having a season where he averages like 25 and four. Oh, yeah. I, Easily. I, yeah. And he's shown confidence, like you said, since he was at Purdue. I remember, though, I'm, I'll be quite honest, the first time I ever discovered Ivy was when he hit the game winner, winner over Ohio State. I was mm-hmm. almost went into work. I actually met up with you later that day. And I was like, man, did you see that shot? Like, that was crazy. And I was like, this kid's actually pretty dope. Come to find out, Detroit ends up drafting him. Yep. And, he, and he was, you know, projected to go at least at the, the four spot, ends up falling to the five. Detroit said, oh, are you I kidding? Thrilled with that we'll pick. take it. I remember that night. We were together as well during the NBA draft, just going mm-hmm. nuts. And then we find out the 13th pick, they trade with New York to get Jalen Darden. And I said, oh my goodness, I couldn't believe it. But I do agree that, yes, the, the sky's the limit for this young man. He showed that he is fearless. Like you said, he will attack the rim without hesitation. I mean, he, he is crafty, he's flashy, and he's very quick. I mean, he has a lot of versatility when it comes to his game. And the fact that he had you know, little to no uncomfortability to taking over the reins of this team, uh, an organization that's still looking for itself proves that again, he could be one of the better point guards, if not one of the better players in this league within the next five seasons. But if we had to pick, I know you kind of lightly said it already, but definitively, if you had to pick between Duran, Ivy or Cunningham, who do you believe will be the true better player of these three in five years? Um, yeah, if we're looking five years down the road, uh, I think as far as potential and as far as ceiling and from what I've seen from them in, in the league, I think I think Jaden Ivey is going to be the guy. I think that's the guy that the Pistons are going to kind of build their team around okay. you know, for the next couple seasons. Yeah. Obviously, Cade is our leader, yes. and he's the first overall pick. And I think that he's going to continue his success at, as, at the Pistons. But if Ivy develops like I think he will, he will be the best Piston in, in the last decade. I like that. I, you know, and I, I don't see any wrong with that. Me personally, it was hard for me to pick this, but I, I think uh, I'm going to go with Dern. Me, uh, only because I think it can be very challenging as a point guard in this league. It's not to say that centers never had a hard time, but for his potential and what he has already proven, not to say Ivy hasn't proven anything. I think Duran, he stays healthy. This dude's going to be a beast and he already is. So we'll see what happens. I I appreciate your pick. I'm going to rock with Duran. Ivy is not a bad selection whatsoever. The hope is that all three of these players are just absolutely dominant in the next five years and still in Detroit, right? Like you still want them in Motown. Mm -hmm. That's the hope. We shall see what happens, but you know, who knows? Uh, you never know. It's it's a very interesting league. You never know what's going to happen. But either way, w- w- we shall see, like I'm already saying. Coming up in the next hour, though, on The Huge Show, we will be talking. We'll step away finally from the NBA. We'll get away from the professional league and talk a little bit more about the collegiate level, the NCAA, of course, who we believe is going to be having a little bit more professional uh, po- possibilities when it comes to Michigan and Michigan State, as well as touching on the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You are listening to The Hughes Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Big. Bad. Huge.